0: Today. Amen. And we want the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us today. God, we thank you for everything that you have done up to this point in the service, God. We're thanking you today for everybody that has made it a point to be in service on this Sunday morning. Thank you for everybody that is here today. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, for the good word that we heard this morning already, God, for the Spirit of God. That's in this place. I'm asking you today, Lord, to speak to us. Lord, to help us, to anoint us, Lord. Let your perfect will be done in this place today. And we give you glory and honor. Amen. Before you're seated, I want us to clap our hands unto the Lord. And I want us to worship Him with all of our hearts today. God, we worship you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. The power of a landmark. The power of a landmark. The writer in Proverbs says to never remove the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Amen. There's uh, certain things that are in our world today that we have to make sure even as a country we never remove ancient landmarks. In our own country... One of the um, notable landmarks, as you kind of scour the countryside, is the 9/11 memorial that's there in New York City. It is this. Uh, the 9/11 memorial represents the single largest loss of civilian life on U.S. soil, and it is commemorated at the 9/11 memorial in New York City. It is located on the grounds where the twin towers once stood, and now bronze. Parapets are inscribed with the names of 2,983 individuals' names. Uh, the 9/11 memorial, and everybody remembers the saying that followed the 9/11 tragedy: "We will never forget. We will never forget." And that goes—that has gone down in American history as one of the things that has somewhat altered the the uh, the mindset of America as we. Uh, in our mindset, we relinquish a lot of control to the government to spy on people. And there's, there's a lot of things that happen as a result of that. But it, we also began the war on terror as a result of the 9-11 tragedy. But that memorial still is there in New York City today to remind uh, United States citizens in the world that America will stand against terror. But it was a thing that defined the nation. It was a thing that happened some time ago uh, in the year 2001. Uh, Another uh, important landmark is the Lincoln Memorial. And the Lincoln Memorial uh, is a, a marble temple. Inside a marble temple, Abraham Lincoln, one of the presidents of the United States, he sits and his gaze is cast straight ahead upon the United States Capitol. It is a symbol of the Union that he helped to defend and to preserve during this country's bloodiest conflict the civil war today the words of the 16th president's greatest speech the gettysburg address lives on and it's inscribed in this stirring memorial but people that visit the lincoln memorial they look at that uh, that statue of Abraham Lincoln sitting there, and, and his gaze is cast upon the United States Capitol. And they're reminded of the Emancipation Proclamation. They're reminded about the Civil War, and they're reminded about different things that took place. and, and it causes uh, you not the the mind of the American to go back and to remember a time in our history, and to reflect uh, how that once there that, that there was the uh, the horrible subject of slavery in our country, but there has been deliverance that has taken place there's been a proclamation of emancipation and that there's been a there's been a shift in the united states history another uh very powerful landmark that i have not yet had the opportunity to visit is the arlington national cemetery it is america's most hallowed ground it is the final resting place for more than 300,000 uh members of the united states armed forces in addition to these rows of white marble headstones, that seems uh, like it's as far as the eye can see, the 624-acre grounds are home to many stirring memorials. Most notably is the tomb of the Unknowns, as well as the graves of two US, two U.S. presidents. The Arlington National Cemetery is a is a reminder of those that have gone before us and those that have given their lives. And those that have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom that we enjoy here in America. It is a reminder of uh, of the resilience and the faithfulness and the fortitude of, of United States servicemen as they stand at the tomb of the unknown. Uh, in spite of uh, conflicting weather and storms, And you've probably seen pictures or videos uh, of those soldiers that stand at the tomb of the unknown. And there can be hurling, uh, just... Wicked winds that blowing against them and rain and sleet and snow and everything else, but they stand guard and they're just Resolute and it's a reminder of the fortitude of of, of America Uh, It's a reminder of many things the Arlington National Cemetery another very powerful landmark that America has Is the United States the USS Arizona? FDR, one of our presidents, declared on December the 7th, 1941, that it would be a date which would live in infamy. And he was referring to the attack on Pearl Harbor. The surprise military attack against the United States Naval Base at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, shocked the entire nation, and even the world. And today the USS Arizona Memorial marks the resting place of 1,102 of the 1,177 sailors that were killed on the battleship that morning. The USS Arizona is a reminder of the shift that also happened in, the, in American history as America launched into, into the World War that was going on at the time. Uh, and it was an attack upon American soil. It was an attack upon America. And it shifted a lot of different things in the, the culture of our society. Uh, that was a very powerful landmark. The few others that I'm going to mention in the beginning of this message this morning is the uh, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, where more than 58,000 names are inscribed upon the black granite wall at this particular memorial. Each name is listed in the order in which they were reported to have died or gone missing in action. For surviving vets, the wall is the closest the black granite wall is the closest thing to an address that many have to pay their respects they go to the vietnam veterans memorial they remember they're reminded of of those again that have given the ultimate sacrifice those that have died in in wars that we did not even understand as a society and many questioned it but still people that were honorable uh many ways more honorable than many of us they went and they, they sacrificed and they gave themselves and they were sacrificed for our freedom again Uh, The final thing I'm going to call out is the Korean War Veterans Memorial. Over 38 months, more than 54,000 American soldiers lost their lives defending South Korea. The Korean War Memorial honors those who served in this quote-unquote forgotten war. There are 19 life-size stone figures which represent a squad on patrol from each branch of the armed forces. And each one of these particular uh, landmarks that I mentioned in the opening of this message today, uh, these are things that America goes to and they look at and they say, man, look at that 9-11 memorial. I I remember what I was doing on that particular day. I remember as a a young college kid going uh, to Delta College and and remember waking up in the morning and hearing about the news that happened across our country in New York City, uh, how the uh, those those uh, those uh, suicide bombers, they they took over planes and they wrecked them into the high rise buildings of Twin Towers. One went into one building and just a, a short while later, another airplane, a massive uh, 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 aircraft uh, uh, went into the other building that was right next to it. And we remember seeing those images in our minds of the smoke beginning to come from the sides of the building, we remember what we were doing. We we, we associate those particular landmarks with, with things that were happening in our lives and what we were doing. And I remember as a young person going to Delta College and and, and hearing the news and thinking, "Man, what's going to happen to us?" And I remember going to my job. I worked at Office Depot in, in Tracy. And talking to my, my boss. And she was saying, why is this happening? What's happening in our world? How can you explain these things? And, and what's going on? And I remember the questions. I remember what was going on in my life. Perhaps you remember the day, those that are a little bit older than myself, uh, uh, the what happened at Pearl Harbor and, and to the USS Arizona and, and to all of those that were involved on Pearl Harbor, those that were impacted by it. And you you begin to associate here, here I was in this particular phase of my life. And I determined after this, uh, uh, I remember as a young person hearing about the 9-11 tragedy, saying, I want to go into the military. That was one of the things that it kind of just naturally came out. It it kind of said, you know, I, I want to go out there and help fight for our country. And so this never happens again. And there's a response that, is, that, is, that comes from us, from within us, as we, as we remember, as we experience different landmarks. The, these are things that define, in this particular example, these are things that define the nation. These are, these are events that launched America into wars. These are things that are, they, they launched America, that, uh, some of them helped end wars. and, and, and But they're, they're closely associated with events that were life-changing, that were life-altering. And they, they bring character, they bring uh, they bring history, they bring a richness, they bring there the there's a certain uh, uh, expansive knowledge that comes with these events, and you remember, I for my myself, I remember my hearing the, the stories about my grandfather, uh, uh, my mother and my my auntie's father, and uh, he has has he fought in the Korean War, and I remember hearing the stories a little bit about how he went off to war, and he came back changed, he came back different, it impacted him landmarks impact people they change people uh there's something about a landmark something about a very powerful event that it's able to alter a person's course or destiny it's able to alter their life it's able to change a whole lot of things in their lives a landmark is defined here today as an object or a feature of a landscape that is easily seen and recognized from a distance especially one that enables someone to establish their location. If you were to go to the 9-11 memorial and you would begin to look around, you would understand I'm right now in New York City. If you're able, if you're able to, uh, to, to go to any of these landmarks, you're able to figure out exactly where you are. In, in old in times, in Bible days, landmarks were, were markers. They were distinguishing marks in the landscape that helped you figure out exactly where you were, exactly how far you should go. They were things that helped you to remember uh, who you are and what you're doing. And they were they were things that distinguished the place in which you were in. The the sailor that sails the seas looks for landmarks on the horizon, on the shoreline. The, the sailor that sails the seas looks for that, that particular lighthouse. They look for those particular set of islands. They look for that uh, specific uh, landscape as they're, they're getting near San Francisco. They can see the Golden Gate Bridge and they can look and say, oh, I'm near San Francisco. I'm, here I am. I'm, I'm right in this particular location. Uh, I'm passing this certain group of islands and, and I must be close. And they, It helps them to distinguish exactly where they are. But a landmark is also defined as an event or a change change marking an important stage, a turning point in something. There's also such thing as landmark moments in time, landmark cases in time. One of the things, one of the landmark cases of our day is Roe v. Wade in which uh, the ruling was cast forth that ab- abortion would be able to be legalized and it would, it would mark the course of a nation. There was landmark moments such as Roe v. Wade. Uh, there was a, uh, also a landmark case such as Brown versus the Board of Education where black schools and white schools were deemed unconstitutional and suddenly there, there was more forced uh, desegregation, if you will. Uh, but these are different things that define the nation. These were landmark moments. As mankind got together and things began to shift, things began to change, things begin to alter in the, in the course of this nation, this country. Landmarks are very powerful events, they're very powerful places, they're very powerful markers. Landmarks, 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 they're very powerful. The stone that divided one man's vineyard from his neighbors was regarded as a sacred thing. There wasn't always the ability for a carpenter to come along and, and make a beautiful white picket fence to separate one man's yard or one man's area from another man's area. But there was many times that it was simply a stone. It was simply maybe a tree uh, that, or simply maybe a stream or, or it was some sort of obstacle or object that, that segregated one man's property from another. And it, the, the landmark was a sacred thing. And you knew that stone. You don't move that stone because that's a marker. That's a landmark between my property and my neighbor's property. Landmarks were very sacred things. And on no account were they to be touched. This arrangement helped to perpetuate family holdings. It prevented the accumulation of large estates by the wealthy and the alienation of the land from the poor. It guarded the weak from the oppression of the strong. It was a protection against deceit or error. It was a protection against confusion. Ahab, in the word of God, transgressed the law of God in seeking to acquire Naboth's vineyard. We know that story that uh, King Ahab said, uh, I want uh, uh, this man's vineyard. I want Naboth's vineyard. I want it. but, But there's a distinguishing mark. There's something that separates me from touching it. It was that landmark, it was that dividing line that that shepherded Naboth's vineyard from Ahab's control uh, until the wicked queen Jezebel said, just take his life, just take him, just forget about the landmark and just infringe upon his rights, infringe upon that landmark. And they moved that landmark so that Ahab could step in and seize control. Landmarks are protection. Landmarks are the the dividing line of protection. Landmarks are certain things that bring character. They bring destiny. They bring life-altering circumstances to your life and to my life. And they are protection from the enemy. They are things that uh, help somebody on the outside looking in to say, Yeah, uh, that's the kind of church I like. I see in my eyes a landmark. I see in my eyes a church that still preaches holiness. A church that still holds on to Jesus' name, baptism. That's a landmark that I've got to protect. That's a landmark that I've got to protect. Amen. Eastern land divisions, Eastern fields uh, were, were not divided by hedge or wall or ditch. So there was much danger or confusing the separate properties of individuals. In the east, advantage was taken of wherever possible of natural divisions such as riverbeds, tributary streamlines, and edges of valleys. But in the open ground, the separate properties were only marked by a deeper furrow in the ground or a large stone that was almost buried in the soil. The injunction not to remove a neighbor's landmarks was therefore of utmost importance. Again, uh, it was there to, to distinguish between what is this person's and what is the next person's landmarks are very very important otherwise there would be stealthy encroachments that might easily be made by shifting these stones and that those those particular landowners in my example they make sure to look hey that landmark's still there that, that rock that hasn't, it hasn't moved, it's still there. My neighbor's not, not trying to be stealthy, not trying to play a trick on me and move it this away. So his becomes large and mine becomes smaller. And those are very important things. And they, and they look for those landmarks and they make sure the landmarks were never touched. They were never moved. Now I want to tell you today that there are also landmarks in the word of God. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 21 through 28 there's the account of the Passover. Amen. When the death angel was to pass through the land on a particular night, judging those firstborn of Egypt. Amen. And as the death angel would pass through the land, anything that was not covered by the blood. Amen. Would be killed. The firstborn would be killed in that Passover, that first Passover. Amen. But those that had the blood applied to the doorposts of their home those that took that spotless lamb and slayed it and put the blood on the doorpost and so that when that took place the bible says when that death angel came through that neighborhood he came to brother paul and sister Rena's home and he saw blood on the doorpost he would pass over it and he would not wreak judgment upon their home and for our lives today we must have the blood applied to our must be blood applied to our lives it is a distinguishing mark of the apostolic church it is a distinguishing mark of the people of God having the blood applied to their hearts having the blood of Jesus applied to the doorposts of their homes the blood must be there and they they uh The Bible says that they would forever remember. They would tell future generations of that great Passover. The future generation would come along and they would say, Brother Miguel, why do we do this? And he would say, I'm glad you asked that question, son. Let me tell you about a particular night in the land of Goshen when we were there and God was judging the Egyptians and God instructed my leader Moses. And he said, Moses, I tell everybody in your, in your camp to put the blood of the, of the spotless lamb on the doorpost of their home. And he'd say, Brother Miguel would send just.'" I'll never forget it. It was things like that that one generation... Say, man, that's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. There's a modern-day example, though. In the waters of baptism, the blood's applied to our lives. Amen. Say, man, that, that's some old stuff there, Pastor. That's some old stuff there, preacher. We're gonna go kill, we're gonna go find a lamb over there, the, the pastors and Tracy off of the off of the 205. You see them out there, we're gonna go get us a lamb tonight, son, and kill it. No. What we're going to do is I'm going to teach you about water baptism in the name of Jesus. Because one day, son, I was without God and I had a weight of sin upon my shoulders. And I couldn't forget the past, the pain of my past. I couldn't forget all of my sin. And I tried to move past it. I tried to move beyond it. Oh, but it was there heavy upon me. But I remember some the night that I was baptized in Jesus' name and the blood washed over me. And I remember all of my sins laying there in the grave, in a watery grave. I remember getting up and feeling so light and so free. I remember what it was like to be set free of my sins. That's a landmark moment that I'll never forget. And I'll tell you about it, son. And I'll tell you about it, daughter. So that you also know the impact of a landmark moment in my life. Another landmark moment was found in the book of Joshua chapter 4 and verses 1 through 9. It was as the people of God crossed over the river Jordan. And God brought certain deliverance. Amen. God brought deliverance. Sister Gina, could you get that? Joshua chapter 4 verse 1 through 9. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, uh, out of every tribe, amen. And command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, And ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder. Everybody had to bear that stone upon their shoulder. Every one of those twelve men had to put that stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribe of the children of Israel. How many was there? Go back one more time. How many tribes? Twelve. 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 It doesn't say here but I think the previous one shows it. The next next scripture. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come. and This is the point of the landmark. That (laughs) Future generations are going to look back on what's happening even in this service this morning. Future generations are going to look back on a service even like this morning. And they're going to say, what uh, What does this mean? What mean ye by these stones? Next verse. Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be For a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Next verse. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded. And took up twelve stones. One for every tribe. tribe, Twelve. Twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan. As the Lord spake unto Joshua. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged. And laid them them down there. Next verse. Final one. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan. In the place where the feet of the priests, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood, and they are there unto this day. This particular example, this particular story, uh, tells us what happened after that Moses had went on to be with the Lord, and now Joshua was out front leading the people of God. And there stood before Joshua the River Jordan, uh, and it was there just like the Red Sea was there for Moses. Amen. Joshua had his River Jordan experience. And the Bible says that jo- the Lord instructed Joshua, get the priests ready. Get, the- get 12 men ready. Put stones upon their shoulders and start walking, Joshua. Start walking through the river Jordan. And when the When the foot of the priest steps into the water, the water's going to part. And there's going to be a dry path for you and all the people. And I'm going to make it a distinguishing mark in your life, Joshua. That all the people of God are going to look at your life and say, we will follow Joshua. We will follow you, man of God. And there is a particular juncture that happens in a man and a woman's life. As God begins to part the seas. God begins to park and remove the mountains and God begins to remove obstacles so that you realize Amen. God wants me to start following a new master. God wants me to follow him. Hallelujah when you came to this church and God first moved in your life and you lift up holy hands as God did with the Holy Ghost. And you say, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. God, begin to part some waters in your life. God, begin to remove some mountains. God, begin to remove some obstacles. And God said, now, I want you to know you're to follow me through into the promised land. The Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Landmarks are there so that you never forget what it was like. So that you never forget and so that your kids, amen, will hear the story, will hear the testimony. And they'll say, Mom, Mama Leah, why don't you go to church on Sunday mornings? Well, honey,
1: there was once a time when my life wasn't as peaceful as it was. There was once a time when all oh, was not well in my soul. But God spoke to me and moved me to
0: my life. And God did a work in my life. And and I was baptized in Jesus' name. And coming to church is a landmark moment. Coming to church every Sunday and every Wednesday in spite of the obstacles. It's me saying, I'm going to make sure that landmark in my life doesn't move. That landmark in my life stays in place. So that kids, my kids and one day grandkids will look in my eyes and say, daddy, hey, grandpa, whatever. Why do we still go to church? Because one day, son, God found me. One day I was lost in sin. Oh and he picked me up out of my in sin. And he turned me around. There was a time in my life when I, when I as I was looking for joy and contentment and peace. I had to go to the bottle. I had to go to the cigarette. I had to go to one illicit relationship after another. But God came through in my life. And I'm in the house of God. And I got a sound mind. And God's delivered me. And God set me free. And now I can come to church. Why is the Sunday morning important, Mama? Why is the Sunday morning important? Because there was one day, son, there was one day, daughter, when Sunday mornings was filled with the, with the most crushing of hangovers. And, uh, and Sunday mornings was filled with regret. Sunday mornings was filled with pain as I woke up next to the stranger in my bed and didn't know what happened the night before. Amen. Sunday morning used to be a painful time in my life. But now I come to church. But now he saved me. And now I wake up. With a song in my mind. I woke up this morning. the time. And my mind stayed on Jesus. Amen. Sunny mornings are a landmark. I'm not going to touch my sunny mornings. I'm going to make sure nobody. Removes that landmark in my life. Wednesday nights. Our landmark moments. Why, why do we go to church Wednesday nights, Dan? Why do we go? Why do we have to go Wednesday nights, Dan? We already went Sunday. You see to me, Sunday, Sunday. Wednesday nights represent the nightlife I used to live before the Lord. Wednesday nights represent the, the, the old nightlife. That I couldn't settle down. I couldn't sit still. As as nightfall began to happen, I had to go out and find some excitement. I had to find something to to satisfy my flesh. But now on a Wednesday night, I can come to church. And I can lift him up. And I can worship him. And I feel such peace. 16, thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways. Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Amen. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths the old paths where is the good way mama where is the good way daddy where is the good way grandpa where is the good way to walk in if you choose to walk in that good way you're going to find rest for your souls if you choose not to walk in the ways of righteousness if you choose to go your own way you're going to find a certain restlessness in life You're going to experience a certain restlessness, a certain discontentment, the insatiable desires of the flesh, that nothing can quite satisfy the flesh. Why don't we lift our hands and give him praise right now? Come on, all across this house, why don't we lift him up right now and worship him? Lord, we love you today. I I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I give you all of my praise, all of my worship. It all belongs to you. Hallelujah! I want to stand in the ways and see. Hallelujah! I want to stand the ways and see and watch. You know, we ought to, from time to time, find a, a bishop Camerino or our elder brother Walmer say, tell me how it was when you were young. Tell me how it was when you were coming to the Lord. Tell me about that old time. Tell me again, Mom, about that revival in San Jose. Tell me again about what it was like, seeing the miracles. Tell me again. What were they preaching back then? What, what was it like back then, Sister Jean, when you came to God? What was it like? Tell me about the old past. What were you doing when, when you first came to God? How are you living your life? Tell me about the old past. Where is the good way and walk therein? My own landmarks in my life. I still remember the, the night I got the Holy Ghost in 1993. At the Billy Cole Crusade. Holy Ghost Crusade in Stockton. It's been probably about a little over 25 years ago.
1: I'll never forget it. Thank you I remember where much. I was sitting up there. In the,
0: the high rise of the Thank first part of I remember stepping down the the stairs on the right side of the the auditorium in there in Christian Life, the old campus in West Lane. And I couldn't even get all the way down to the altar because it was so full of people. So I had to to settle for halfway down the stairs and just lift up my hands. And and I remember just praying and seeking God. I remember what it was like. I remember that landmark moment in my life when I had sought for the Holy Ghost for a long time before then. And finally, I remember on that service, I walked down to that altar, that stairwell, Saying in my mind, I'm gonna get it tonight. night's not gonna go by, but tonight's my night. I'm gonna get the Holy Ghost, that thing that I've been seeking, that thing that I've been after. Hallelujah. I'm gonna get it tonight. I remember speaking in tongues for about 45 minutes straight because I didn't want to lose it. I said, man, this feels good. I I don't want to stop, Sister Gina. I want to keep talking in tongues. I've been seeking this for a long time. I've been seeking. Oh. Night after night. Oh. I remember the night I was baptized in Bakersfield, California by brother Dawson there at one of the conferences that they had years and years ago. I remember that water was so cold, but it didn't matter to me. All that mattered was I was going to be baptized. And then the wonderful man, Brother brother Dawson, was going to baptize me, whom I looked up to very highly. Amen. I remember the, night, the Wednesday night youth service in Stockton, California, where God put a calling upon my life. And there in the youth service on a Wednesday night, The youth pastor made his way exactly to where I was sitting, some two or three rows back on the left side, and grabbed me by the hand in the midst of the song service, and brought me to an altar, and slapped his hand on my forehead, and said, God's calling you tonight, son. God's reaching for you. If you'll give your life to God, God will use you. I'll never forget it. It changed my life. I remember the moment God put the burden. Upon my heart to come to Lathrop and all I could do is sob and cry and say, God, what about this city? And the tears and the and the flood of emotions the waves swept over me and over me and over me. I remember the landmarks that have happened in our church and some Time gone by. I remember the, the Reverend Joey Perez revival where several received the Holy Ghost. Uh, I remember the the specific service for brother Shane Golden was here and he preached hey, amen. And we had to miss Olga, we had the wonderful people from the Haven of Peace. Uh, and it was a packed out house. Uh, and I remember the people sitting in the front row here, lifting up their hands, and God filled three or four of the Holy Ghost that day. I remember it. It changed some people's lives. It changed my my ability to believe God. It increased it more. I remember the, the Reverend Brendan Claiborne revival just recently. Where several more received the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're speaking in tongues. Amen. I remember those revivals. And I'm saying, God, give us more revival. God, lay some more landmarks. In our church. place some more landmarks in our lives. Hallelujah. Place some more landmarks. Before us God. Our faithful attendance. To the house of God is a landmark. It's a landmark. Whether you realize it or not. Because one day kids are going to say. Mom. We go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday. Can we take one Sunday off. No, it's a landmark. landmark. Don't touch it, son.
1: That's
0: <laughs> a landmark. We go to church on Sundays. You don't understand that. That's a reminder every Sunday of what God wow. saved us. Mom, we go to church every Wednesday night. I have basketball going longer. I have I have soccer practice going longer. I've got this and I've got homework. No, hey, that's God. a landmark. You don't touch those landmarks, son. You don't touch those landmarks, marks, daughter. Yeah. Amen. You don't touch those. Amen. Those are sacred. Those mean Then You may not realize the impact yeah. of that stone unmarked in the middle, but that's a marker. I fought for every inch of that ground, son. I fought for every inch of this ground. I fought to get here. Amen. I I fought to stay safe, to get saved. It's been a fight of my life. And I'm not giving up one inch. It's a landmark. We go to church on Sunday mornings. We go to church on Wednesday nights. We pray every day. We read our Bible every day. It's a landmark. It's something that we do. Why do we read our Bible every day, Mom? Why do we got to read our Bible every day? dad. Because one day I couldn't let go of the, of the horrible material I was looking at. One day I was I, I used to be hooked, son, on, on a lot of horrible material that I don't, I'm not even embarrassed to mention. And so one day I found the word of God and it began to heal my mind. It began to help me to think oh, yeah. right. And so I read that Bible and I read the yeah. word of God because it is a landmark. It is healing for my mind. It is renewing my mind. We all have struggles that we deal with from time to time. Or they try to creep back into our lives. But what do we do? Just a while we tell them, shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Depression, get off of me. Lies of hell, get off of me. I'm not going back to sin. I'm not going back to alcoholism. I'm not going back to promiscuity. I'm living holy. I'm
1: living holy. I'm living holy.
0: I'm living holy. Jesus, I love you in this place today. Oh, Jesus, I'm asking you right now in this place to talk to us. Jesus, I'm asking you right now, Lord. As the sword of the spirit the word of God goes forth. God you would speak to us. Pierce our hearts even today in this place. Pierce our hearts. Pierce our hearts today.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hari bayanda. Lara ma koş yanda, rama ma basiya. Harekete yiyonda basiya. Shoto Oroko Shotole Ketela Katole Masya Talalaboshoto Chiti Horra Bakaya Talala Moshoto Shariyati Likoro Boyanda Pola Rabakoshiyaya Babay Shoto Oroko Shoto Shoto Oroko Shoto Tera Macando, Lerecateando, Ludo Sitera Eketo Sanda Macato, Eketando, Ludo If you feel the interpretation, you're released right now in the name of Jesus. Let's wait upon the Lord for a few moments today sada makathoru shotalalaka thek thoru makath yalalava shathalara doru shorva makathoru sathalara shotalaka thoru shotalalaka thoru mashathoru ketalala lakoru yalalama shathalara moshithu korva sathalara kosu thoru LAKATE Ta Makatola la ma ta la ma ka tu la ma ti a no la 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 re ko to no no su jesus 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 jesus, jesus. jesus. Why don't we put our hands
0: in the air this morning? Come on, let's put our hands in the air and just talk to Jesus.
1: Talk to me. Talk to me. I
0: receive you. I want the Holy Ghost to have mercy. I want the Holy Ghost to have have (laughs) Yalla, 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 hallelujah you need to create landmarks in your life we need to create landmarks in our lives god i want you to speak lord i want to receive what you've got for I'm
1: Okay.
0: let me say this tonight this this morning there is a danger in clamoring against a thing because it bears the seal of antiquity There's a danger in clamoring and fighting against something because it seems old. It seems out of date. What you're doing, what we're doing here tonight to some may seem out of date. You're going to have an altar call. You're going to ask people to come and pray. That's uh, that's something of antiquity. That's something that those in years and years gone by did. Amen. Progress in theological circles has come lately to me a, a reckless abandonment of everything that that age uh, that this uh, the prior age had sanctified Dogma is objected to because it has been handed down, but in fact a dogma is nothing more and nothing less than a formulated truth bearing the marks of age and a long trial and the warrant of venerable authority. Amen. What I'm talking about today. Amen. This meets something today. The the altar call, the call to the altar, it means something. The call to worship, it means something. The call to lift up holy hands of surrender means means something. It means something. It's a landmark. It's what I do to remember the promises of God. Young people need to create landmarks. Young people need to create some landmarks today. Young people, older people, middle aged people, whatever wherever age spectrum you find yourself, you and I need to create often landmarks in our lives. It should not just be one landmark necessarily in our lives that we point to, but there should be multiple times. Here's where God delivered me. Here's where He filled me. Here's where He he helped to get the world out of me. Here's what I surrendered to the call of God. This is where God healed me. This is where God worked in my marriage. This is where God did this and where God did that. And where God's going to do this. It's a landmark. Services. Like today could hold eternal impact to the young person that says, I'm gonna give my all to him. I'm gonna give my all to him. It has it could have eternal impact to the Sunday school kid.
1: That
0: says, God, show me what my Sunday school teacher is talking about. Reveal it to me. Make it real to me. Make it real to me,
1: God.
0: Make it real to me. Let's all stand to our feet here this morning, this morning, this afternoon. We're going to create some new landmarks in this church. By the grace of God, by the help of the Holy Ghost. Some landmarks that I begin to put together in my heart and put on electronic paper if you will one landmark for this church is going to be when that wall comes down because it's taken us a long time way longer than I thought it would take when that wall comes down it's going to be a landmark you know what else could be a landmark to a young person I want all the young people's attention today On every young person's attention You know what else could be a landmark The day you start a bible study At school You'd be going to say I'm a Christian I'm not going to try to fit in I'm going to start a bible study You know what else could start a landmark In our lives as adults The day we take our bible to work
1: Take it with us to the break room. Open it up to the book of Acts, chapter 1 and 2. Man, the sweat beads are going to probably
0: come off someone's forehead. Oh, man. I'm letting them know who I am. It's going to be a landmark because all of a sudden, everybody's going to know Oh, Noah, how's a Christian? I have some answers, I have some questions. Somebody needs to create a landmark even today. You've heard about people getting drunk on the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's time somebody here gets drunk on the Holy Ghost. And they got to carry you out. What I'm preaching today has very tremendous amounts of power. I'm going to conclude with this. My pastor, Pastor shoemaker told us the story while he was pastoring uh, in Hollister, California some years ago and trying to start a work much like we're doing here today. And God's helping us and God's giving us success in our Bible. And he said, you know, there was one particular midweek service and we were trying to reach a lot of people. God spoke to me and said, preach on standards. Preach on all the things that everybody hates to hear about Preach down the line, holiness, just walk the line. He said, God, there's a new visitor here. I don't want this visitor to be offended and leave because it seems like I'm not, a, I'm not a closed line preacher. I don't preach all the time. They're going to think that that's how I preach all the time. He, but nevertheless, he said, God spoke to him and said, Preach on standards, preach on holiness, just, just bear down. He said that he just he obeyed the Holy Ghost and he just preached, preach, preach. Standards, wholeness, how to live for God, how to live pleasing before the Lord. He said later that night, that person came to him. That dreaded conversation happened. That person came and said, Pastor Shoemake, I'm a backslider. And I decided I was going to come to church tonight to try out this church, but I was skeptical. I didn't know if it was my kind of church. I didn't know if it was the kind that would sugarcoat everything. Or if it was the kind that I grew up on where they preached love and they preached it straight in love and they still had holiness and they still had... That anchor, he said that to that person, that was a landmark type message because it was something that helped them to identify where they were. I am not just in city old church down the road, but I'm in the church of the Living God. And there are things that come across this pulpit that will help you to distinguish. I'm in an apostolic church. I'm in a You're going to save me! Let's just take a few more moments
1: and talk with him. <laughs>
0: Somebody needs to have a conversation with the
1: Lord right now.
0: I'm telling you, God's talking to somebody in this place today. Come on, God's talking to somebody in this place today. God's being patient, God's being loving, God's being tender, God's reaching for somebody, and God's saying, I want to move you forward. I want to create moments in your life that will define your future. Moments in your life. will define the generations to come. Come on. Come on. Let's talk with Him.
1: Let's lay some things down on an
0: altar before the Lord. Let's lay some, some issues. Let's lay some desires on an altar before God. And say, God, it's yours. It's yours. I'm going to move beyond this place where I am. I'm going to move through the waters of Jordan. And I'm going to experience something new and something powerful in my life.